Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, hello, everyone. This is Kennard speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God. Biblical instructional program. I know I haven't been on the air for a while. Hopefully, I'll be on the air consistently every Sunday. So, I apologize for everyone uh, that listens to me. Uh, Be praying for me uh, to be able to consistently uh, give broadcasts every Sunday. (coughs) Excuse me. All right, so what we're going to talk about today is a topic that perhaps a lot of people don't really focus on or concentrate on, um, but it's something that uh, we we need to start focusing on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What does the Bible say about the world we are living in today? What does the Bible say about the world we are living in today? Is this the century that Jesus or Yeshua will come back. And we really, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we need to really start thinking about that seriously because things are are really happening in the world that should wake up those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so we really need to understand that these are real serious times that we're living in. And we we just can't continue to assume that we are going to survive in this century. When you go to the Doomsday Clock website, you know that the Doomsday hypothetical hand was moved to two and a half minutes to midnight. And the recent going back and forth between the ruler of North Korea and the ruler or president of the United States, Donald Trump. Um, I've never heard any... uh, I've really never heard anyone sound (laughs) or speak like this uh, in my 51 years of life. Let me drink some water here. I'll be right back. Yeah, I haven't heard this type of... um, conversation by Donald Trump. Uh, If I can find it here on the Internet, Donald Trump stated uh, that he would do, he warned North Korea in a mighty way that he would uh, 
certainly initiate uh, nuclear strikes. Uh, some serious... Uh, now, this is a warning from uh, two days ago. This is on CNN's website. It says, Trump warns North Korea U.S. military locked and loaded. So says President Donald Trump further escalated his rhetorical standoff with North Korea Friday morning, suggesting the U.S. was ready to respond with military force should the rogue nation act unwisely. And he says in an early morning tweet, Trump appeared to warn the the regime, the North Korean regime, that the U.S. military was on the verge of a strike. Military solutions are now fully in place, locked and loaded, should North Korea act unwisely. Hopefully Kim Jong um, will find another path, he tweeted. And so on Wednesday, it states here, Trump said he would unleash fire and fury like the world has never seen on North Korea. So Yeshua stated in Matthew chapter 24, and I suggest those who listen to my program, please get your Bible out because I'm going to be quoting a lot of scriptures. I, my preaching style is not to just make you feel good. Um, my preaching style is to give you the truth of the scriptures. And so in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, he says, and as he, I'm, I'm using the King James Version because it's the most popular version uh, used by people who speak English. Matthew 24, verse 3 are one of the most popular, the most familiar one. I know the NIV is, but NIV is really not a good uh, Bible that I would use for Bible study. So Matthew 24, verse 3, And as I as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives was crossed from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, the disciples or his students came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Yeshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. So this is something I try to teach people. It goes with one earlobe off the other in most cases, that there's going to be a lot of deception, so much so that you can actually be deceived yourself. In verse 6 of Matthew 24, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. And, you know, people who aren't worried about anything or not concerned about anything, say, well, we ain't going to worry about anything. But he also says that, you will hear of wars. And so there will be literal wars among the rumors of wars. So that's something that we need to take uh, pay attention to. In Luke chapter 21, verse 36, he tells us to watch. Primarily, of course, it means watch our spiritual condition, but also it means your physical condition as well. And I try to explain this to people. It goes to one earlobe off the other, but that's the reason why he's telling us to watch, because we're not going to know detailed specifics uh, right away anyway We're not going to know But if we live through all this Just like Daniel chapter 12 It lists a counting of days So if we are alive during that period of time We'd be able to count the days to his return But we're still going to need to know What event will occur for us to start doing that And so that's the reason why we have to watch So Matthew 24 verse 6 And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In verse 7, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. So we're in between or right around Matthew 24, verse 6 and Matthew 24, verse 7. That's where we're at right now. And <clears throat> I don't know if something's going to happen between the United States and North Korea. None of us know. So we need to stop acting like we do. And we need to continue to watch. We don't know if 
God will allow a nuclear strike uh, someplace around the world. He allowed it during the times of World War II, so what makes us think he won't allow it before all this great trouble occurs? I mean, a war involves military armaments, right? And military armaments certainly include nuclear bombs. And so we have to be reasonable, we have to understand, but we know whatever he allows is not going to stop any of the prophecies to be fulfilled because God is not a liar. So we need to be aware of that and we need to understand um, the possibility of something happening on the scene, ladies and gentlemen. So this, this is what we need to do and we need to, to certainly be aware of possible possible clear strikes around the world. And so this is something we shouldn't be upset about, but um, then again, we should not just put our head in the sand either and say, hey, this is this is not, nothing to be concerned about and so forth. So um, let's be praying that enough people around the world take this serious, what's going on, all this rumors of wars and wars, and prepare themselves accordingly. And so that's that's what we need to do. All right. So on this program, we're going to talk about um, what does the world look like according to the Bible prophecies right now. And so before I do that, though, um, I'm going to do this every week, hopefully, but Yeshua told us to repent for the kingdom of God is coming, and we all know the kingdom of God should we should be living the kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit, that way of life. But the literal kingdom of God, if we want to be honest with ourselves, is not here yet. If it was, uh, we would have uh, no more war, there would be no more suffering, etc. So that we need to be praying for that kingdom to come too. And so God will soon bring peace to this earth, uh, which in Hebrew is shalom, by ending all war. That hasn't occurred yet. And you read, I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 2, starting in verse 2. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, uh, this is the days before the coming of the Messiah, that the mountain of the Master's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. In verse 3, And many people shall go and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Master, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he shall teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, indicating that being taught his ways. Because Wider is saying he will teach us of his ways. So obviously the majority of the world at this particular time are just being introduced to his ways and, and his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah, or the instructions, or the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In verse 4, and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, which means many people need to be corrected. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So that certainly has not occurred yet, ladies and gentlemen. And for those who think it has, they have lost their minds. Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
Verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the master of hosts will perform this. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the totality of the kingdom of God. It has not occurred yet. Daniel 7, verse 23 to 27, plainly states the following. Daniel 7, verse 23 to 27, states, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth. That fourth beast is being formed, as I speak, which shall be diverse from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall thread it down and break it in pieces. So this kingdom will break the earth into pieces. Verse 24, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until time, times, and the dividing of time. That's three and a half years. Verse 26, But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away dominion to consume and destroy it until the end. The kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So this kingdom, this literal kingdom that will be established upon the earth has not occurred yet, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to stop thinking that it has. Some people actually think that the kingdom of God is already here. It may be here spiritually, but it's not here physically. So we need to understand that fact. Uh, Revelation 11, verse 15, And the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That has not happened yet. It will happen, but it has not. And so we need to be praying for that kingdom to come as well. I have written the first, I hope, of a few e-books uh, that you can get for free. It's called HowGodCalls.com, so you can go to my uh, landing page website, www.HowGodCalls.com. That's with an S at the end, HowGodCalls.com, to receive your free ebook. It explains exactly what the title of the website is, How God Calls You to Understand His Truth. You think you may know, I guarantee you, you don't. You really don't know, most of you that are listening to me don't know how God calls you. And so... For those who are in the Columbus, Ohio area, or if you're visiting us uh, in the Columbus, Ohio area, we have Shabbat services every Saturday in Columbus, Ohio. Go to my Facebook page to get all the information you need about it. Uh, it's www.facebook.com, Merciful Servants of God. That's www.facebook.com forward slash Merciful Servants of God, and you'll find out uh, information about the ministry and how to donate everything on on that facebook page and so again it's www.facebook.com forward slash merciful servants of god all right moving along here also this is a scripture that i talk about in the book the free book uh, john 14 verse 17 and this is a scripture that most people don't understand but i'm going to try to explain it to you John 14, verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So the world, the majority of the world right now cannot receive the spirit of truth. I know uh, a lot of people think they already have the spirit of God, but if you're not keeping the, the, the instructions of God, including the Sabbath and the holy days and the unclean and clean meat instructions, um, you don't have the spirit of truth. And so 
in verse 17 says, Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So if you're understanding what I'm saying right now, you, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to understand what I'm saying. But it's not in you. If you're continuing to eat pork, uh, continuing to keep Sunday, and uh, you don't know anything about the holy days of God, then you don't have the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth will lead you into all truth, not some of it, all of it. All of it includes keeping the Shabbat and the holy days. And so um, that's something that um, you need to understand. And my book explains that, if you get it. And don't assume because it's free that it has no value. Uh, it does have value, and uh, it's going to uh, change your life if you, you believe the things that were written in the book. Uh, they're all biblical. They're all based on the Bible. Uh, John 16, verse 13 tells you, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, not some of the truth, all of it. What is truth? Psalm 119, 142 tells you that truth is keeping all the instructions of God. It's, it's all the instructions of God. Part of those instructions include the Shabbat, which is a sign that you are being set apart. And that's in Exodus chapter 31, beginning in verse 17. So in John 16, verse 13, it says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you, it should be it, will guide you into all truth. For he shall speak not of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. And so... The Spirit will lead you into all truth. And so if you're not keeping Sabbath and holy days, uh, you, you really don't have the Spirit of truth in you, maybe working with you, but it's not inside of you so that you can keep all the commandments, all the ones you can keep. So if you would like to receive the true Spirit of truth, whom the majority of the world can't receive, and I explain why, and it's a positive thing when you understand it, uh, in my book, then please email me at kennard at mercifulservantsofgod.com for instructions. That's kennard, K-E-N-N-A-R-D, at mercifulservantsofgod.com for instructions on how you can receive the real deal, the real true spirit of truth. Because there's many counterfeit spirits in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 1 John 4, verse 1 tells us that. 1 John 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. And there's many of them. And you have to learn how to be able to tell the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And if you get that free ebook by going to HowGodCalls.com, you will understand the difference. First John 4, verse 6, We are of God. He that know of God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So... Uh, you need to, to go and get that book. It's entirely free. So anyway, conversion is changing your way of life to do what God says. It's a process. The process begins by changing your life because you realize you have been living the wrong way. And so conversion consists of the following steps. You repent, you change your behavior, and then also you believe and understand the milk of the word. I explain this all in my book again. Verse 2, you become immersed or baptized and receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, that will inspire you to keep the Sabbath and the holy days and to keep the, keep the unclean and clean meat uh, instructions. And you will strive, number three, you'll strive to obey all the instructions of God and, and overcome sin with the help from the Holy Spirit and the elders of the assembly. 
all right, which I am one of the elders of God's true church or assembly. Number four, don't forsake fellowshipping with other believers. Fellowshipping with believers is part of the elimination of sin process. So those are all the steps of conversion. You can't do this by yourself. So I hope to repeat this information each and every week at the beginning of the program because it's very important. Time is running out, folks. The world is uh, is uh, on the verge of ending, which is the good news, and we all must prepare now for the return of the Messiah. And so let's begin this Bible study on understanding how God looks at this world the way it is today. And so what does the Bible say about the world we're living in today? Well, the first scripture I want to look at here, uh, it should be on the description of this program, is uh, Daniel 8, verse 23 to 25. It says, In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance, or face, or demeanor, and understanding dark sentences as hell stand up. Now, I realize that this is talking about Antichus Epiphanes, but it's also a dual prophecy. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And so there's going to come a time, and that time is here now, folks, where the anti-Messiah or Antichrist or the beast will rise. There's many anti-Messiahs, but it's going to be one chief anti-Messiah. And there's no doubt that our transgressions with the pornography, uh, the rampant pornography that's really escalated since 1973, uh, 72 rather, and also with the abortions that we continue to allow up to 3,000 a day in this country. And of course, um, with the passing of the law that says it's okay to marry your own sex, we are certainly running out of time here in this country uh, before this country is destroyed, ladies and gentlemen. And the only way it's not going to be destroyed is if we repent. Uh, Jeremiah 18, verse 7, I, I do quote this scripture often. Uh, there is a chance. Uh, some some so-called prophecy experts say there's no chance. Well, is God a liar here? He says right here in Jeremiah 18, verse 7, At what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom? This is any kingdom, any nation, to pluck up and to pull down and destroy it. Verse 8, If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. So that's why me and other people who have been gifted to be a watchman, uh, we warn and, and tell you these things in the hope that you will repent collectively and individually. All right, so quote here, I'll quote Second Timothy 3 uh, later on in this uh, program, but uh, Matthew twenty four fifteen to 22 states the following, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet stand in a holy place. And so you can type the phrase holy place, and every time you see holy places is certainly talking about a built structure. So stand in the holy place. So he's saying there's going to be a built structure, a temple. That's why he's telling us, whoever readeth, let him understand. And let him which be in Judea, that means you have to already be in Judea, flee to the mountain. So Yeshua gave us a specific place we need to be before the abomination of desolation. So that is the spot. Um, I believe there will be a prophet or maybe prophets, uh, messengers of God that will tell us when it's time for us to flee. Uh, so 
and I'll give more information about that in, in future programs. But it says, then let them which be in Judea, that's the West Bank, flee into the mountains. So let him which is on, and that's near Jordan, the Jordan area there in the Middle East, let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, so those women who are pregnant, it's going to be difficult. And to them that get suck in those days, but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Shabbat. For then shall be great, or the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. So no flesh, animal or human, will be saved which tells us and gives us a hint that uh, this is talking about the nuclear age, that this will happen. And the nuclear age really started in 1945. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. That's the good news. The days will be shortened. These nuclear bomb age, the nuclear bomb age that we're living in will be shortened. That's the good news. Okay, so uh, we know that we're living in the time that God talked about. But the reason why he's going to judge us, folks, I don't think people get this, is because of our behavior. Our behavior has gotten worse. And he prophesied through the prophet Isaiah about this. If you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8, commands Isaiah to do the following, which he did. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book or scroll that it may be for the time to come Forever and ever. This is the time we're living in right now. What is the characteristics of our people, of mankind as whole, especially modern-day Israelites who are the British people today, America, uh, Australia, the, con- the countries in northwestern Europe, uh, South Africa, uh, New Zealand? Uh, we certainly consist of the, the those so-called ten lost tribes of Israel and also the little nation in the Middle East. If you don't believe me, go to your Davidi's website, www.b as in boy, org. That's www.b as in boy, org. www.britam.org, so you can get more information and be educated about who the tribes are. And so Isaiah 30, verse 8, Now go, write it before them in a table and note it in the book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever, Verse 9, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the Torah or the instructions of God. Verse 10, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophecy or preaching deceits. Verse 11, get out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from us. Now this is Interesting here because God says in verse 12, Wherefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise his word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay therein. See, and so he's telling us that because of this, in verse 13, Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high hall whose breaking comes suddenly at an instant. So people that are thinking like this, uh, something will happen individually to you or collectively that will cause you to... Um, suffer unnecessarily because of your rebellion. And so, Nehemiah chapter 9, Deuteronomy chapter 9, those scriptures tell you our people have consistently been rebellious. They just don't want to obey what God tells them to do. They have their different opinions about what the scriptures state. I I recently done a teaching at a camp, a uh, camp where people want to 
embrace the the Hebraic uh, part of the Bible, understanding it the way a Jew would understand and so forth. And uh, one of the things that I tried to teach is that the tremendous rebellion of our people and that, that we don't want to take the scriptures as they are and we have our own little opinions and we twist the scriptures to our own destruction. And uh, it's, it's, it's really sad that we do that, but that's what we do. And so the society that we live in today is a very rebellious society. It's a society that have nuclear bombs. Um, I just proved that to you in the, in the scripture that I quoted, that there's a come a time if he doesn't come, no flesh should be saved alive. We certainly are living in those times, and, and we have to wake up. Uh, I'm sure that people have influenced you and say, well, everything is okay, and we don't have to worry about anything, but that's not true. That's not true, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't want to take what I'm telling you seriously, there's no way on earth you're going to have the Holy Spirit even dwelling with you if you continue to do this. Uh, rebellion is very serious. First uh, Samuel chapter 15. First Samuel chapter 15, starting in verse 23. It says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Do you realize what that's saying? And so... As you continue to disobey, and I'm going to prove this to you, that you do get involved with witchcraft and you influence the demonic world to influence you and to be a part of your life and to be a part of your body. First Samuel 15, verse 23, For rebellion as disobedience to God is as the sin of witchcraft, which opens the door to the spiritual demonic world, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of God. He has also rejected thee from being king. And in verse 24, And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the master and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, this is what happened to Samuel, because he did not repent of this. And you don't want this to happen to you. In verse 1 Samuel 16, verse 14, But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And that's what God will allow uh, to happen to you. Verse 15, And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God, and it comes from God, folks. God will send that evil spirit to you to mess with you because you have forsaken him. And so if you want protection from the demons, you better start obeying God. This is very serious. and I'm, I'm going to start preaching this more often because God has revealed this to me. Most of our people are either influenced by demons or have demons in them. Uh, when Yeshua was on the earth, that's all he did was rebuke demons. Read the entire Gospels. He was going around rebuking demons. Demons can either influence you or can be a part of you based on the level of rebellion that you have toward God. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Acts 7, verse 51. States the following. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you always do resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. And in verse 52, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And so not only are the prophets persecuted, but those like myself who preach a prophet's message will be persecuted as well because I'm preaching their words that God inspired them. And so I've been persecuted. I get persecuted by people who I wouldn't think should persecute me. But, you know, the Bible does say that this would happen. And so in 52, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one of whom you 
have been now the betrayers and murderers. And so you know, it, it, this is a constant thing among our people, the, the constant rebellion that we show toward God, you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate. And the Bible talks about it extensively. And I must preach about it, and I'm going to preach about it. And it's something that we, we have to repent of, ladies and gentlemen. This world is very wicked, and and it's like people are waiting for something to happen to do something. And you won't be counting words to escape all these things if you're going to wait for catastrophes. You're going to wait for something to happen to finally do something. And see, this is why God prophesied for those who will wait, or you're going to be in tribulation, in Deuteronomy 40, verse Deuteronomy 4, verse 30 says, When you are in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, these are the days before the coming of the Messiah, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient to his voice, then he's going to, of course, protect you. And then Deuteronomy 31, verse 29, he prophesied to Moses the following, For I know that after my death you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And that, that's what's going on as I'm speaking, ladies and gentlemen. We are provoking him. He calls our people in the book of Isaiah, Sodom, and Gomorrah. Uh, Isaiah chapter 1. Let me just read this to you in verse 2. And this is a message that should go to the whole universe. He says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. And so he wants everybody to know. Hear heaven, listen earth. That's in another version. So hear, O heavens, and give earth, give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. So that's our common trait, rebellion, rebellion, rebellion. We don't want to obey what he says. And then we expect to get blessed. Uh, verse 3, the ox knows his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people don't consider. They don't understand who they are, and they don't understand the true God. And in verse 4, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. Laden with iniquity. See the evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the master. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel into anger. They have gone away backward. Gone away backward. In verse 5, why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. And in verse 6, from the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment, which proves that we don't have the knowledge collectively of essential herbs and and, and uh, oils that will, will heal our bodies better than this pharmacia or uh, pharmacy medicine that we, we have. Not all of it is bad, but the majority of it is. And what this is going to lead to is verse 7 of Isaiah chapter 1. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devoured it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And so, in verse 9, he states, Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, that very small remnant are those who actually do have the spirit of truth in them. Uh, and, and there is a very small remnant here in this country and around the world. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like Gomorrah. And so, he states here in verse 10, Hear the word of the Master, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. And what are the sins of Sodom? I've repeated this over and over again. I'm going to repeat it again. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 16, starting in verse 49. It states what our sins are. 
Behold, this was his iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride. We have American pride, right? We have fullness of bread. We have so much so that we just waste food on a uh, tremendous basis every day. An abundance of idleness. We were lazy. We, we, we were so lazy that we don't want to do hard work. We don't want to do blue-collar work anymore. We want everything to be push-buttoned. Uh, wasn't our daughters needed? Did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy? Uh, we have uh, 15 million children, as I'm speaking right now in this country, that don't have enough to eat. And we have 15 million people that need uh, food distribution services because they can't afford food. And then verse 50, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. And so this is important to understand uh, the tremendous um, sinning that we're doing in this country and, quite frankly, around the world. And so this is important to understand that. And I, I must preach against it. I must preach that you need to be aware of it. And so the last thing I'm going to talk about in this program is the seven characteristics revealed based on the King James Version when you type in the last days. Well, the first characteristic is the identification of the tribes of Israel. These are the characteristics of the end times. I've spoken about this before. I'm just going to do it again. Genesis 49, verse 1 says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the latter days. And so that's one of the characteristics of the last days. Isaiah 2, verse 2 is another verse revealing that in the last days the temple will be established. So we know that the temple must be built in these last days. Uh, Acts 2 verse 17 is a prophecy that the Holy Spirit is available to those who aren't rebellious, who want to receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 17, it states plainly, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, that I will pour out my Spirit unto all flesh. And so it's going to lead that all the, certainly all that God's Spirit has not been poured on all flesh yet. But this is something that it began actually during the Old Testament times and it was enhanced or renewed during the time when Yeshua was on the earth. And so from that point on, uh, this prophecy is being fulfilled, but it has not been fulfilled in its totality because not everyone in the world has a spirit, the true spirit of truth in them. And he says, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And then in verse 18, And I, and all my servants, and it says servants, and you have to be his servant. And being his servant means you have the spirit of truth in you. And all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Okay, uh, it, it means either you, uh, you can serve him without the spirit of God being in you, but you try to do the best you can to obey him to the best of your ability. And, of course, God will give you more knowledge to obey his Torah or instructions completely. And this is what it means Well, when it says that the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth, meaning all the mitzvot or commandments for you to keep. All right, so another sign of the end times is our behavior, our, our other behavior that we display. And I'm going to read this in the Bible in basic English version for clarity's sake. It says, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, But be certain of this, that in the last days times of trouble will come. Verse 2, For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, uplifted in pride, given to bitter words, going against the authority of their fathers. And boy, that's a major problem today. Neither giving praise, having no religion, 
Verse 3, without natural love, bitter haters, saying evil of others, violent and uncontrolled, hating all good. Verse 4, foster their friends, acting without thought, lifted up in mind, loving pleasure more than God. And in verse 5, having a form of religion but turning their backs on the power of it, go not with these. In other words, we're supposed to avoid people, whether they're in our churches or assemblies or not, that act like this. And in verse 7 he says, sadly, ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of what is true. Meaning these people certainly don't have the spirit of truth in them. Then Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 2, states the following. This began in the first century. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. States, um, I'll, I'll quote verse one so you can get the context here. In the King James, God, who at various or sundry times and in various manners spoke in the time past unto the fathers by the prophets, verse two, having these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, by whom He made the worlds. And so, for those who doubt that um, the New Testament is Scripture, well, He's comparing. God speaking to the prophets, uh, which we got the Old Testament, with the New Testament, and we got the New Testament by him speaking to his son. So they're both on the same plane right there. Those two verses uh, prove that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we, we have to get serious here. we got to understand that we are living in very serious times. And if you want more information and a reference to a chart that can show you what's going on and what we need to do what we need to do to prepare for these things uh, please email me at uh, kennard at mercifulservantsofgod.com that's kennard at mercifulservantsofgod.com uh, for detailed instructions on what to do and how to prepare yourself if you would love to give to us we would appreciate your donations go to mercifulservantsofgod.com that's MercifulServanceOfGod.com and click the yellow Donate button. Or you can mail a check or money order to the following address. Please make the check or money order out to Kennard Brown. It's K-E-N-N-A-R-D-B-R-O-W-N. My address is 6539 Harrison Avenue, Suite 1091, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45247. That's, uh, you can mail that and make the check out to Kennard Brown, but mail it to also Kennard Brown, 6539 Harrison Avenue, Suite 1091, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45247. When you give to me, you're giving to God, and uh, God will bless you for it. So, ladies and gentlemen, these are very serious times that we're living in. Shouldn't panic, but the Bible tells us plainly in Proverbs 22. Let's turn there. Proverbs 22, verse 3. It states, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. So he doesn't want you being simple. He uh, minded and, and believing everything everyone says. Uh, he wants you to recognize when someone is preaching the truth and respect that individual and do what that individual says because he's showing you that he's living like the Messiah and that he's showing you um, proper scriptures uh, to obey and to understand. And he's using the scriptures and he's doing the Bible study in the correct way. And so that that is your responsibility to be a Berean to check and see whether those things are so. And in other words, you just check up on, on whether or not the individual is preaching properly. That's what you do. So um, that's very important for you to keep that up and to 
um, continue to believe in God's instructions and, and, and his uh, will for you. And so I'm going to continue to to preach the best I can over Blog Talk Radio here and just uh, be praying for me that I'm able to continue to do it. And so may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Yah is short for God. I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.